Welcome to Just Us and the Climate, a podcast by the Climate Justice Coalition, where we bring climate change back down to earth and show how it's not only a crisis, but an opportunity to build a better, more just world. Good day, climate justice activists. I am Wuitumelo Masipa, a communications officer at Section 27. Today on this episode, we will explore the intersection between the right to basic education and climate change. Globally, youth have taken their position at the forefront of the fight against climate change. This comes as no surprise, especially because the climate crisis is eventually going to affect today's youth generation and, of course, the youth that will be born after them more than any other generation. As the youth, there's definitely something to be said to our current leaders and those holding positions of power, and that is they need to take responsibility for the devastation to our climate, of which the effects will outlive them and affect generations to come. On that note, for this episode, it is exciting and appropriate to be in conversation with three young and very vocal climate justice activists. I'd like to introduce Raisa Noor Mohammed from Parktown Girls, Awande Duma from the South African Youth Centre for Climate Change, and Lie Masewali, an equaliser from Equal Education. Welcome to you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having us. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Now, because it's not every day that we're in conversation with three brilliant young activists passionate about climate justice, I want to take the liberty to get to know all three of you a bit more and share your brilliance and youth with our listeners with some whimsical fun before we get into the crux of today's conversation and to get to listen to your voices as activists. So we'll have a little climate change pop quiz. And since you're all joining us from your respective locations and you will not all have a buzzer with you, I don't presume, you'll have to make a buzzer sound best you can. Um, first person to make a buzzer sound will get to answer the question. The winner will be whoever answers best out of five and will also be judged on your buzzer sounds. Does that sound good? Um, so the first question is, Coal, crude oil, and natural gases are all considered what? Buzz. <laughs> okay, I think that's Raisa. Fossil fuels? Yes. Okay. <laughs> One point for Raisa. Okay, question number two. The greenhouse effect describes what phenomenon? <laughs> it's, it's global warming, right? <laughs> Any other answers from our group today? I'm really shy about my buzzer, guys. I won't lie for you. My buzzer sound. Mm. <laughs> that is, sounds like a cow sound. But oh. <laughs> or some farm animal, but we'll accept it. Yes, okay, give us an answer. Global warming. Okay, so we've got global warming. Raisa, you also say global warming. Mm-hmm. Lee, Yema, do you want to give, it us, give us a go? I think I also go for global warming. Okay, so we have three on global warming. I'm getting nervous. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to move to question, question three. Give three types of renewable energy sources. <laughs> okay, we'll go in order of the buzzer sounds that were made. So, Raisa. Um, there's solar. Um, isn't there hydro? And I can't remember the fancy word for wind. And, wind. and I'm a geography student, even. <laughs> I don't think, is there a fancy word for wind? It's not just wind. I'm writing no, geography next week. I better go study that. <laughs> yes, that's correct. So we've okay. got solar, wind, and hydro. 
Liam, did you want to suggest yeah. other renewable energy sources? I heard you made a buzzer sound. Yes, I was going to mention that also. Okay, nice. Is nice. nuclear renewable? But it's just not good. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have it on my list of no, answers. Really. Let's let's say renewable and, and green energy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's stick to those. Okay. Question number four. Which country is the largest contributor of carbon emissions? USA. <laughs> okay. Liama. So just, Liama's given us her answer first and then her bus sound. So we'll judge both. Uh, Liama says USA. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, I'm not entirely sure. I know China is also pretty big, and India is no, that's pollution. Oh, I'm gonna say, yeah, probably China. Is that your final answer? No, <laughs> it's an answer. Okay, with that. <laughs> I wonder. I'm gonna give you a chance to answer. For the sake of the the quiz, I'm going to say USA. Okay, so question number five. If there's anything people can start doing right now to begin minimizing the effects of climate change, what is it? Yes, <laughs> Liam. Oh, that was, that you was great. You definitely sound like a bee, but yes. <laughs> I feel like people can start planting trees because if we plant more than a trillion trees, um, because trees are carbon sinks, right? So we can start reducing the effects of climate change and also by retrofitting houses, by putting solar panels and, and Jojo tanks in the houses, we can start reducing and adapting to climate change. This answer yeah. is why I'm so excited to be talking to young people today. Can okay. I also bleh? Yes. <laughs> Go ahead, right? <laughs> make weird sounds. Um, there's so many things. Most of them are like, you know, government. But, um, you know, start building houses out of renewable stuff. Like use eco bricks. Start um, taking your water around in a um, in your own bottle. Start um, Stop using straws. Um, stop using plastic bags. Start holding, you know, industries accountable because they suck. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Awande, <laughs> what's your answer? For me, I would say start by knowing your yeah. rights, right? You have a South African con- you have a South African constitution that specifically like speaks to the rights to a, a clean healthy environment. Know your rights, um, you 100%. know, uh, know what to know what your government um, is, is, is responsible for and to make sure that you that, that you have. So uh, for me, it's, you know, knowing, knowing your rights and, and, and exercising your rights um, and making sure that you hold your government accountable. That's just oh, for me. But so, the rest of the answers are great. <laughs> I it's a brilliant answer um, <laughs> sure it's going to be hard to judge for the sake of our listeners I'm going to give our listeners a chance to answer into the comment sections um, on our social media pages you'll also find the answers below so I think I'm just going to announce the winner of the buzzing sounds we heard some very interesting sounds I heard a bee I heard a cow sound um, I think I heard <laughs> The sound of a goat, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, just to be clear, can you all make your buzzer sounds one last time, just so I can make get the right winner here today? So, Raisa, we'll start with you. What was your buzzer sound? I had a lot, so I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> so that was definitely the goat. <laughs> Why did you make a buzzer sound? That's yours. <laughs> 
Liam Ahmed was yourself. <laughs> okay, so that was the B that I heard. Awande, what's your sound? <laughs> okay, so that was the sheep. <laughs> oh, okay, funny, cool. guys, we're doing so well. <laughs> so I should have maybe said farm animal sounds. What does the sound like? Isn't it okay? I'm gonna give it a go. Buzz, like. <laughs> I see that was boring. I was was so much cooler. <laughs> okay, no, I I like the the mix up between buzzing and the sounds of the the farm. It sounds brilliant. <laughs> On that note, we are all winners yeah. today. Yeah. Um, yes, it's one of those. Those shows, everyone's yeah. a winner. <laughs> Communism. <laughs> <laughs> so I've only managed to introduce you informally. It would be great to hear a bit more about each of you and more about your activism and interest in climate justice. Let's start with you, Liema. Um, okay, good day, everyone. My name is Liema Saliwa once again. I'm an activist at Equal Education and also at Youth Against the System. So I am fighting the system of capitalism with socialism during our time. And I am in grade 10 currently at Oakland High School. And I'm very proud of the work that I'm currently doing. If you want to hear more about me, you can ask me more questions. Awesome. I, I, damn it, man. <laughs> You're so cool. Okay, and then we'll we'll go to Awande. Can you tell us a bit more about yourself and your activism and interest in climate justice? So, uh, my name is Awande Duma, and I'm currently the, the project lead at the South African Youth Center for Climate Change. We were a network of young climate environmental activists, which began in 2011 uh, in response to the COP17 uh, sessions that took place. Um, so essentially, you know, it's been me since I was in high school, right? I've always been that person who's been planting trees on our school grounds. I've been that person who's been, you know, my favorite subjects were geography and, you know, climatology and stuff like that. So for me to be able to even go study at a university and graduate in that space, and, you know, now I'm, I'm interning at a, at, a, at a company that's very much involved in recovering as much waste as you possibly can and finding alternative applications for that waste, you know. And also not only that, we also involved in, in designing for, you know, recyclability. You know, how do we make it easier and better far and better and, and faster for individuals to be able to recycle their own uh, items in their home. So for me, my activism, you know, I've, I've, I'm trying, you know, I'm still in the process of making a career out of it. You know, that's one of the, the, the challenges that I've seen, you know, like how do I bring my activism in the space, in the spaces that I want to, to occupy with it through work, um, you know, education, things like that. So that's just me in a nutshell. Please reach out to SAY C. Reach out to me if you, if you want to know about us and what we're doing um, in the space. I'm very excited to uh, be on this call. And by the way, I'm very proud of everyone in, on this call. So keep going, guys. Keep fighting the good fight. Brilliant. Thank you, Awande. Such a brilliant introduction. I just want to get to know you more now. <laughs> and we also have Raisa with us today. Raisa, can you tell us a bit more about yourself and about your activism and interest in climate justice? Okay. Um, hello, I'm Risa. And I just want to say you both are so cool. I'm sitting here and I'm making like really enthusiastic hand signs because <laughs> you're all so cool. So me and my activism, I think I always say that my activism will never just be climate activism because everything 
is so intertwined in all the problems like climate problems will never just be climate problems it will relate to um you know racism colonization even like gender-based violence and xenophobia i guess i was always very interested in activism and you know human rights and people's rights in general but i started last year when i went to a climate strike and i wanted to do my bit like I wasn't a science kid I never emailed all those companies with solutions because I didn't know any of them and I'm not a talker like yeah the kids so I try to figure out what I can do and I was like art art is something that I love and it's something that I can do so I started doing public performance art protests to raise awareness about climate change last year and then in the beginning of this year with the Australia fires and the floods in Indonesia and stuff I got very angry because um, South Africa has a very similar climate to Australia. Our um, climate is very, like the Western Cape, there's a higher chance of getting of fires. And those are always going to affect um, the poorest people. And I was like, I haven't even started matric yet. I'm 17. If I can see that, surely people in government can see that. Why aren't they doing anything? So I lost my temper a bit and I emailed the Department of Environmental Affairs and I was like, listen, here are my demands. You have to declare a climate emergency. And until you do, I will be standing outside my school every Friday in a demand for you to take this seriously. And so that's how I started my year. I started standing outside my school gates with Friday's posters. Fridays for the future. Yeah. We yeah. <laughs> <I> saw that. <laughs> Doing that stuff. And since then... My eyes have opened so much. I've realized, I've really realized how intertwined and like the intersectionality of everything. And I've been able to work with so many cool people and so many cool organizations. Like I'm here. That's, that's cool. <laughs> it's, <very> cool. <laughs> it's, so, it's so cool. And yeah, that's me. Just another brilliant young activist we, we have today um, in the studio with us. Um, what's amazing is that all three of you are currently attending school or engaged with studies. That's correct, right? Yes. Yeah, simultaneously, you all engage and devoted to advocating for climate justice. Why do you think climate justice is an important issue for young people to engage with? And what has inspired you to become climate activists? Raisa, would you like to share first? The problems like climate change, all the information is so there. And for me, it's more anger that no one who like no one who can do something about it isn't doing anything about it. And it stems from a place of I can't stay silent about it. Like I'm privileged enough to be able to speak about it. I can't keep quiet. And it's so important for the youth to know what's happening. And for me, it's just so unfair that we've got to care about it because we're just kids. Like we're all just kids. We're, we're supposed to be caring about school and our friends and stuff. We're not supposed to be caring about the world. I feel like it's so important for us to know that, know what an injustice the inaction is and as a collective be angry about it and as a collective you know make the change and be the change and and like you said earlier um you've shared a lot of uh, with us about your anger and uh, you said you had a temper tantrum <laughs> <laughs> um but you know it that's what activism is about right it's it's a love for something and an anger about the problem around it and and from that you get passion and and passion's good passion's definitely good uh, Liema, please share with us, um, what do you, why do you think climate justice is an important issue for young people to engage with? 
Um, I feel like climate justice is a very, very important issue for young people to engage on and also to, to be able to be educated about what it is. For example, in our communities, um, I live in a community of Delft. Many people, if I speak about climate change, they don't know what's going on. While it is a natural occurrence and it is supposed to happen by nature, but it is us as the human population that are accelerating the speed at which it happens. But if our people don't know what they're doing, how can we lower the rate at what is happening? So I felt like since I want to be a change maker, I have to start by educating the people, my surrounding, the people I live around. So by by joining YAS, Youth Against the System, um, I was able to know more about climate change as, as a specific individual and to be able to educate my community, my classmates, and to take it to different people, you know, because even older people, our grandparents, they also are not aware while we are going to lead to our own destruction you know so if we constantly make it a, a topic to indulge on we constantly make it a conversation that we must speak about ways um, renewable ways to stop and to adapt to climate change and because most of all Climate change affects the most vulnerable people living in these coastal areas, um, the poor people, people of color, and mostly Africa because of where we are on the geological scale. So we are really, really affected and we, we are almost a, a developing country. So we are not going to be able to deal with the effects of the, the, the climate change. So if we go after it and we educate our people. Once uh, seek justice, mm -hmm. we'll be doing the best. Thank you, Liama, for sharing. And and you're so right. I think that's what climate justice is all about in a nutshell. It's recognizing that vulnerable communities will be disproportionately affected by climate change, yet they're not the biggest contributors towards it. And therefore, we seek justice for those communities, you know. It's, it's brilliant. Um, Awande, can you... Please share with us what inspired you to become a climate justice activist. I quickly recognized my own privilege um, in this space, the little privilege that I that I do have. And, you know, for me, it's, I've always been the person to always to speak out um, on things that, you know, that may not always directly affect me, but will negatively impact those who are more vulnerable than I am. And... Um, there's nothing that, that angers more than injustice. Injustice in the sense of taking away the opportunities for people to prosper and to progress in their own lives. And for me, climate change and climate inaction will lead to opportunities being taken away by, by taking away from people who deserve and need those opportunities and to experience the environment and to experience animals and to have, you know, a, a great life experience. And, you know, when you look at brand Africa, you know, one of the things that I like to advertise a lot and that you see a lot is that, you know, we have a large population of young people, active people, but we are not thinking and acting on the, 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 the climate change consequences that we see. You know, you're taking away those opportunities for them, for young people to actually prosper. And for me, you know, that for me is like, no, no, I have to do something about this. And to you know, say something about this, work in the space so that, you know, actions take place and the opportunity for young people to progress and prosper, you know, remains. 
Um, so, you know, in a nutshell, that's just me. And yeah. Thanks for sharing with us, Awande. Liam, what are the different ways you found to express your activism and mobilize other young people around the issue of climate change and climate justice? Okay, my ways of doing so were to each and every week um, we attend meetings whereby we we strategize our ways on how we can spread the word and how we can inform and educate other people about the emergency of climate change and the emergency of having to take care of our earth. So I, I also do it through, since I am able to, to I'm, a, I'm a very dramatic person, um, I, I, have, I attend the drama club, so um, we do it through arts, we, we have performances. We once did one in Waterfront recently, um, whereby we act out every issue that comes from climate change, everything that we do as humans to affect our earth and to, to, to burn it down. Like, for example, how the coal mines affect the people in Bumalanga. We had a performance on that, on how the the mine the miners are also affected by it, and also we had a, a performance on how the, the the floods what floods cause, and also how the people having to come from their areas and moving to the cities for a better life, but then how it also affects the whole period and everyone, you know. It, it, it's, re- it's really a, a massive issue, but we're able to act it out and show it and educate other people through means of drama. And also we usually have marches and send out a memorandum of demands to certain individuals that are, um, are responsible for our environment. And also we, we talk about it, we spread the word in our communities as well. So I feel like we are doing our part as Youth Against the System, as well as with me, I'm mostly part of also equal education, fighting for quality and equality in the social um, at South African education system. So we also bring out the, the brooches and the books out of to the schools that we we educate them and tell them that this is a matter of emergency we cannot lead to our own destruction as humans so i we we are hands-on wanting to tackle this issue you know when you said art raisa just lit up and was smiling ear to ear raisa you mentioned um about how you've been able to express your activism more around using art um and of course we've spoken a bit about uh, your your protests and demonstrations fridays for the future can you tell us more though about how have you found um expressing your activism around climate justice and mobilizing other young people yeah, I was getting so excited hearing you speak because I was like, oh, that's what I do. That is so cool. Um, really? Yeah, wow. I'm, I'm also, I'm such a drama kid. I love art and I love drama so much. And that's, you know, that's what I want to do with my life. I just want to make art and connect with people. And so initially, that's how I chose to, you know, do my activism, take what I love and what I know I can do and, you know, share it and I started doing um, those performance art protests too. Like last year, we sat in Rosebank with like a table with plastic on it and we pretended to eat plastic for four hours to just say that um, when all the plants and the animals and the fish are gone, what'll be left? It's, it's the plastic. So I got so excited to hear that. It's, it's so cool to see other people doing the same thing. 
I recognize how privileged I am to be in a space and to have access to social media and the people around me. They generally know what's going on, even though they not as many people my age care as much as I do. I'm trying to figure out how to not be upset about that because again we shouldn't have to be at our age in the position where we're caring about this again in this past few months like after those boycotts i've learned so much and doing history really really impacted my activism because seeing how history and colonization and apartheid affected us like you said um it's going to be the most vulnerable that are going to be affected by climate change even that is because of apartheid and colonization the people are in the land that is um the most affected because of apartheid because they were specifically put in that land like um kailicha cape town used to be separate from you know south africa and then you know the continents joined and stuff so that land is completely sandy and when it floods it gets really bad there because of the sandy land and during apartheid they were like okay that land is bad we're going to put black people there because of that and it's mind-blowing just how much you know racism and colonization and apartheid affected people so recently my activism has been directed towards that towards decolonization towards holding the west and those systems accountable when people realize all of this, people get upset and just mobilizing, joining people. Like, I think it's so important to mobilize and be connected. Like, we're doing the same thing and I didn't even know you were doing it. And I think it's so important for us all to work together because there's so many people working for the same thing and we don't know each other. It's just, it's so interesting. Thanks, Raisa. Okay, so now the South African education system is marked with gross inequality and inequality plays itself in terms of the quality of educations learners receive and the school infrastructure available to learners across the country. How do you imagine the effects of climate change will compare with the experience of learners in marginalized and rural communities versus peers in affluent schools that are built with robust structure? Uh, Liema, can you please share with us what your thoughts are? Um, as an equalizer at Equal Education, that question specifically speaks to us and the work that we do. So um, we know that we have an issue of infrastructure in our schools. So we have a campaign as Equal Education named Norms and Standards for School Infrastructure. So the, the, this law specifically speaks to what makes a school a school, um, how the school has to look in order to be considered a proper school, what it has to have, etc. There are schools that still have asbestos, that still have no water, no electricity, while all that speaks to the effects of even climate change also. Because sometimes the school's made out of mud, but when there's flood, these schools will all collapse, you know, and also stuff like that, they lead to us having more problems on top of the ones that we have. But we try our best to mobilize the other people to also see that this is an inequality and no school deserves to be treated like that. We want the government to also work with us and engage and also meet the their deadlines that they set in that um, kind of law that, that was stipulated in the, on the 27th of November. But then they do not do that. They are not working with us. So having um, government individuals doing that to us is really a, a tough issue and a, a, a situation that you wouldn't want 
um, our fellow sisters and brothers in the future to, to struggle with. That is why today I am working and I am wanting to make a difference so that tomorrow they're not going to fight the struggles of us today in school. Thanks, Liama, for sharing with us. And I think you're absolutely right. I think the work of equal education around norms and standards is just very one explicit example where education and climate change intersect. And research helps us to understand that climate conditions will impact education systems in several different ways. And like you've said, in the most direct sense, extreme weather events such as prolonged rainfall, strong winds may destroy and damage schools. And in remote communities, as as is often the case, you know, um, to repair and rebuild damaged schools can take months and months, like you've alluded to, um, with your engagements with government. And this leaves children temporarily unavailable to attend school, and some kids may never return to school. Then there is also the indirect effects of climate change, such as drought and the effects of food sustainability, more especially in areas where communities and families rely on local crops for sustenance. Research further indicates the occurrence of pandemics will likely become more frequent due to climate change and the effects of the pandemics on access to education are severe, as we've seen with the COVID-19 pandemic, which expressly left behind learners from poor and vulnerable communities who do not have means to continue with online classes or even read books outside the school setting. And then the 9 million learners who were left one meal short with the suspension of the National School Nutrition Programme. So now following that question, Raisa, you're coming to the end of your secondary education now. So can you, so you, you're in a position to give an overview of whether you consider climate change as a subject is adequately taught in school. Does the curriculum ever refer to climate justice? And if not, should this not be added as an essential subject? I'm at the end of grade 12 and I took geography, which is a subject that generally deals with climate related stuff. And even Within that, climate is not spoken about enough. Um, like we're doing settlement um, geography now. And like in everything, I can see how it relates to the problems of climate change just because of my knowledge. But it's they don't make the connection. And that is a subject that I chose. And if it's not even being taught in geography, it's not being taught in the other areas. Um, we're doing it now, like settlement and stuff. That's way too late for it to be taught emphasis is definitely not placed enough on climate change in schools like the first time i heard about it was in technology when we do those projects where you have to uh, make something out of recycled materials and even then it's just not spoken about enough important things in general just aren't spoken about enough they say that it's happening and they say the usual things turn off the tap while you're brushing your teeth um shower instead of bath but I dislike that so much because while, yes, it is important to make changes in our own lives, you know, it kind of erases and doesn't acknowledge the fact that it it's not us. We didn't do this. It's the industries. And even if everybody goes vegan today, it's not going to make a big enough change because it's not us who made the problems. It's the industries. And the schooling system just doesn't talk about that enough. The schooling system also doesn't talk about other things like that relate to climate change. It doesn't talk about, you know, the effects of colonization enough. It doesn't talk about the effects of apartheid enough. It, it's not, in general, it's not decolonized enough. We don't do enough non-Western literature. We don't learn enough about non-Western people and activists and historical events that are so important and have impacted us like black consciousness we only really learned in detail in grade 12 in matric 
But black consciousness is something that should be taught even at a primary school level. The education system in general has its own agenda and the education system is very colonized and it caters generally for neurotypical people. And the education system is not like a true, you know, reflection of people. And it just doesn't talk about things enough. No, I completely agree with you. I When I reflect on my own experience in, in high school, which wasn't too long ago, I, I can't tell you a specific point where we ever dealt with climate justice as an issue. And even climate change, it, it was kind of, we understood the effects and of climate change, but never really understood why we are where we are. And there wasn't a point where we could identify who's to be accountable. And like you say, these suggestions or recommendations that individuals should do the things to make climate change have minimal effects. It's not substantive enough and it doesn't speak to the real issues of the situation. Yeah, I'd have, I had a big fight with um, the minister <laughs> about that one, minister of like, the environmental affairs, Barbara Creasy. Mm. Because when we met her in the beginning of the year, she, we um, had like, a, I think two hours where we all got to stand up and say our bit for like, we had like three minutes each. And then she gave a speech where she basically just told us everything that we'd already said. And when it came to what they're doing, it's like, okay, this needs to be done. But what are you doing in your own spaces? Yeah. And basically shamed people for not caring about climate change enough. And I went to her afterwards and I was like, listen, you got to acknowledge that people don't have, like, not everyone has the privilege to prioritize climate change. Like, even talking about climate in the education system, when there are so many children who don't complete their tertiary education and who right now aren't in school, we need to be fixing those problems first. And it's just, it's such a big thing because generally governments and corporate corporations to in order to take the pressure off themselves they're shifting the blame onto individuals instead of you know changing what they're doing because they know what they're doing is wrong um i wonder if there were to be a distinct subject in which climate change or climate justice in your view what kind of content would need to feature in this subject and to be taught to all learners i think for me first of all and i think raisa touched on this earlier you know I feel like every single subject should have at least a module or two that speaks to climate change and how climate change will impact that particular subject, right? Whether it's history, technology, it's computer science, or it's English, or it's Zulu, or life orientation, there should be a module or chapter or two that speaks to climate change, the history, and what will climate change do in that space um, in that in that in that subject in the future of that subject, you know, where, where you know, um, and then secondly, I think I would also touch on you know how each person has their own individual relationship with the with the environment. We may not like to hear it, but each one of us have our plot, our parts to play. And I think it's important that first we be acutely aware and acutely intimate with our own relationship and our own impact in our homes, in our communities, and how in, in our daily lives. And, and and I need it to be a bit more than just a life orientation sort of, you know, one section. I need everyone to be cognizant and conscious of their own, you know, sort of relationship with the environment. So for me, I, I think definitely the content should speak to that. And also just 
another another thing that for me and and my issue with the curriculum is that is it keeping up with the changes that we're seeing on the ground like is it keeping up with that is, you know the changes that we want to implement is it is it, is it cognizant of that is it including those changes and how soon and how quickly can we change it in a way that it speaks to our current reality now so that's just a, a brief you know sort of my high level thinking of what the the content should kind of be like uh, Liema, what are some of the ways you think we can go about slowing down climate change? And actually, I'll give all of you an opportunity to answer. We've all kind of alluded to the fact that we all have an individual part to play. So where do we start? Liema, can you suggest to us, where do we start as individuals? My suggestion is that as individuals and also as everyone is in the whole, I would like to say that we should start by adapting and also trying to bring about change by, as I mentioned before, that retrofitting these houses, installing the solar panels in them, having solar geysers, having Georgia tanks in the houses, and most of all, planting trees. One tree makes a difference because If we plant um, many trees as individuals for close to about a trillion um, trees, we can be able to to reduce the effects of climate change as because we all know that these trees are carbon sinks, right? So we can be able to plant a tree to make a difference, ensure that each and everyone will participate in that, planting as many trees as we can, and also start to make a difference as an individual. Start by using less your own cars, use um, use transport that will be able to have everyone in it. Stop using your own private cars, and also let's let's change it to being all renewable with everything that we use. We would start by making a huge difference by that. So if they would also listen to that kind of advice, would be leading somewhere, you know. There are many people that are also want that also have many solutions um, on the upfront, but like they don't have anywhere to go with these advices that they have and these solutions. But with um, organizations like these. And with uh, platforms like these, speaking to you guys is is such an honor. And I'm able to say what I feel and how I feel about it. And I'm able to share with some other young people out there that what they can do and what bits they can do um, as young people. So I feel like there is a lot, not only the, the, the solutions and the advices that I only gave now, there's usually a lot that we can do. Raisa, um, what are, what would you suggest as ways that we can start to go about to slow down the effects of climate change, at least as individuals? So there's a lot of ways that we can do this. And most of the advice that we've been given usually come from the West and Western activists. And we aren't able to do a lot of that stuff. Like we don't have the same access to public transport and we aren't as safe to walk and cycle to places. So I think, like, you know, just adapting that, like you said, um, carpooling, public transport, where you can is important. And also just supporting local businesses is so, so important because, you know, you're taking part in the destruction of capitalism. It also, it's it's just really good to support local businesses because the money that goes to like the big corporations aren't going to the people as much as we'd like. 
And yeah, so it's just little things. Instead of going and buying like 600 rand jeans from Cotton On, if you can support um, someone local, then that's brilliant. And it's so much more sustainable. Um, instead of going and buying your vegetables from Checkers or Pick and Pay or Woolworths or something, go and support a vendor. There's just so many things. But again, a lot of the solutions have to be done in conjunction with cooperation from governments and industries. And we have all of it. Like, I think the Climate Justice Charter from COPAC is being launched today. And in there, it's just, there's such brilliant, brilliant solutions and demands that need to be done with cooperation from government. And like you were saying, South Africa needs to stop pushing the coal thing. And I talk about colonization a lot. But the thing with colonization is that Because of that, it forced Africa to become reliant on the fossil fuel industry, like its economy to become reliant on the fossil fuel industry. So I think that, you know, Europe should be paying for our dress transition, but people aren't ready to talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mm. But yeah, I think like, you know, shifting away from capitalism and big corporations and start grassroots, start speaking to each other, like connecting with each other and speaking to each other is so important because one thing that I've been noticing about activism is it, it tends to be very exclusive. And one thing that we, like one big mistake that we make is that we assume that people in rural areas and who don't have access to things, we don't know about these things. And that we have this, you know, a sort of saviorism complex and we think we need to go there and we need to fix their situation and teach them when in fact everything needs to be grassroots. And we just, we need to start working with each other and putting people before profit, always, always put people before profit, you know? I wonder what would be some of the ideas you would put forward in what individuals could be doing to slow down the effects of climate change. So you are with what you have and, and, and start with, 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 with what you know. Um, and for me, um, you know, Raisa even touched on it, you know, we have this sort of this climate activism that, that's so this exclusive lot, you know, and, and you sort of judge each other. We so we judge each other so hard. It will sort of create animosity and tension and make people feel like, oh, okay, so-and-so is doing a whole lot more. My, my, so my little action will, will, won't make much of a difference. And that's completely false. Like, start with all of what you have. You know, you can start by knowing and tracking what you contribute and how you contribute daily. You know, if you opting to drive yourself to a shop that's five minutes away, five minutes away from your house, how about you just walk there? Um, you know, that's your contribution. You know, um, you know, instead of buying plastic all the time, how about you get those bags and use the bags instead? You know, there's so many organizations out there that, that create these bags and actually help local local communities, you know, better themselves. And by through the creation of these bags that you can actually use. And, you know, simply talk to each other about it. Like, inform each other. Include it in your conversations over a bribe. Talk about it. Like, have that as a hot topic at a bribe. How about that? That is your activism. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to be Greta Thunberg. You really don't. You don't have to be part of the United Nations. You don't have to aspire to the CEA. You don't have to aspire to AU. Even if you've done it, fantastic, great stuff. But start where you are with what you have. And your part, the one that you can do, that's absolutely brilliant. Do that. Continue to do that. Continue to write letters to Barbara Creasy. Continue to engage in platform office. Know each other. Reach out to Raisa on Instagram, wherever she is. Reach out to ACY Triple C. Reach out to reach out to reach out to three fifty of all or uh, the African Climate Alliance. Reach out to organizations. 
see see how you can contribute in those spaces. Um, you know, uh, if, even if you, you're stuck, we are, someone knows, ask questions, ask hard questions. And don't forget to also ask yourself the hard questions because it's not easy. It's not easy to change. It's never easy to change, but the change and when you when you get to the other side, it's so worth it. It will be worth it when we are in a completely just uh, a transition uh, when you transition to a, a green economy. It will be worth it when you are completely you know you you're you're maybe plastic free in your house. You know it'll be completely worth it. Start small, start where you are, and be gentle with yourself. You know I know time is not on our essence, time is not on our side, but what you can do is 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 just getting up in the morning and just trying for me. That's my only plea. Just try and, and do the right thing. Something that came up from all three of you is that really there's an opportunity for everybody to get involved. And I like what you said, Awande, you don't have to be, you know, in the UN to get involved. You can be anywhere, wherever you are, just in your community and locally, just looking for a solution to the problems that affect your communities. Um, so really, today's discussion, what we've been able to make quite clear is that education and access to education are essential in the development needs of the youth. And the climate crisis affects almost all fears of our lives and the education system is not spared and therefore activism of youth on the climate crisis is so, so crucial. As you have heard, young activists are passionate about climate justice and are mobilizing their peers around this cause. The last question about ways we can go about slowing down the effects of climate change is so important to consider as individuals how we can make a small but meaningful change to help curb the effects of climate change. So if you're listening today and have additional suggestions to that question, please make it a point to share your thoughts with us on social media at CJ Coalition. And let's continue to have young people leading the conversation on climate justice and taking more advice from our youth who are creative and, as you've heard today, extraordinary and the answers to the future lie with them. Thank you for listening to Just Us and the Climate, a production by the Climate Justice Coalition. To find out more about the Coalition and their work to promote climate justice, visit climatejusticecoalition.org. This podcast is made possible thanks to the financial support of the Friedrich Ebert Stiftung. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.